Okay, welcome to the Ebook Revolution podcast, and I'm talking to Elizabeth Johnson. She's a writer, screenwriter, and one of my favorite words, an authorpreneur. And she runs um, a website called ownyourcreativity.com. And um, she does a whole bunch of really exciting and interesting things to help writers find their creativity. And we're going to talk to her this morning about taking charge of the creative process. And I've got her on the line right now. Good morning, or I should say good afternoon, Elizabeth. Hi there, Jeff. It's nice to be here. Great to have you. Tell me about Thank your you. writing journey. How, how did you start out in this writing caper? Well, I um, it was a circuitous route. It was not a direct route. And I think that's true for many writers. Um, I actually quit high, before I finished high school. And then I was working in the military for seven years. And at, at that point, I decided either I go into the regular force because I was working full time in the militia. So either I you know, make a career of this or I go back to school. And so in between this time, I had actually finished my high school uh, and got my diploma. And so I thought, I uh, instead of going into the regular army, I'm going to go to university and study something in the arts. So I was uh, taking classes, uh, you know, uh, in the first year, you know, just figuring out what it is that I wanted to major in, taking a variety of different courses. And one of the courses that I really liked was humanities. And so it's like a literature kind of a course, but a, um, a different kind of a focus, not just a pure English literature focus. And uh, I love that class and I loved the teachers that I had. Um, and this one professor, he uh, approached me and asked me if I'd ever thought of going into creative writing. And at that point, I hadn't even known that there was a program called creative writing. And even though I was a voracious uh, you know, uh, reader and, and I wrote a lot, I just never really thought that there was an author on the other side of those pages. You know, I was always so engrossed with the story that it didn't even really occur to me. It's like, oh, yes, somebody actually sat down and wrote one, one word by one word. And uh, anyway, so on the advice of, of my professor, I put together a portfolio and got accepted into the creative writing program, which was really hard to get into at that point. And, and, uh, and so, yeah, that's how I kind of started in, in writing. Yeah, creative writing courses can, can be a lot of value. I, I did one myself years ago and they really do um, spark that awareness inside you that, hey, I, I can do this. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, some people say that uh, creative writing courses are actually, you know, the opposite and that they make you kind of cookie cutter writers. But I didn't find that the case at all. I found that it just really opened up more doors of the imagination for me. And, um, yeah, I highly recommend, uh, you know, trying different things out and seeing what works. It certainly opened some doors to you. You're also a screenwriter. Tell me a bit, a bit about that. Yes. Um, well, I uh, studied uh, I, my master's in film was in film and video uh, with a screenwriting emphasis. And while I was doing my master's, I actually fell into teaching. You know, because when you're doing your master's, they give you a tutorial leader position, and uh, so I fell into teaching, and that's really what I did after university. And I also did manuscript evaluation, so I would be teaching screenwriting and other kinds of writing. And then um, I did a lot of manuscript evaluation uh, and help people 
improve their scripts. Uh, later on, uh, I've had students go to um, uh, different film festivals with their finished film that they made out of the script that I helped them with. So it's been really kind of satisfying to help people uh, realize their creative writing dreams in that way and their screenwriting dreams. But now I'm kind of circled back to making uh, short films. So instead of just teaching, I've now um, added to my repertoire also making films, including uh, business and industrial films and poetry films. I don't know if you've heard of um, uh, poetry films, but um, I made one that was um, uh, called Keepsake, and it's based on photographs of my grandmother's from the time that she was in a DP camp and after the Second World War, Displaced Persons Camp. And uh, I initially I wrote a poem about that, and then I heard about video poems. And so I thought, what a great way to marry two interests of mine, you know, creative writing and poetry and the film. So I um, now I'm, that's kind of what I'm engrossed in and, and doing more of. Is there anywhere our <laughs> listeners can um, have a look at that? Is it on YouTube or...? No, I haven't put it up on YouTube yet, but um, you can look at movingpoems.com and you can find dozens and hundreds of them on there. They're just so, it, they're so inspiring and they, they run the gamut. Some of them are just people who are reading their own poems and then have a series of images on them. Others are actually um, filmmakers in their own right and then they uh, take a poem and uh, create like a video around that poem and then maybe somebody else is reading the words of the poem over it or uh, they get really kind of creative with uh, putting the words on the screen too and melding that with images it's really really exciting that's movingpoem.com yeah movingpoems.com Tell me about Own Your Creativity. Um, what's the story yeah, there? How, well, how, how did that's it come my, about? that's my website and my online business. And um, I started it because, because, as I said, I was mainly teaching after I did my degrees in creative writing and humanities and film and video. Mainly that's what I was doing was teaching. And um, a lot of people would come and take my classes because they wanted to do something different than the nine to five grind. And they really needed to find something that would spark their energy. And, you know, even though I was teaching in uh, a field that was very creative, I also could succumb to that nine to five grind, you know, it, I mean, you have responsibilities, you have, you know, um, uh, lesson plans to, to do and marking and whatnot. And it's really easy in today's world, I think, to forget about play and forget about creativity. And um, so I was seeing this in myself, I was seeing it in uh, people who were taking my classes, I was seeing it in my colleagues. So many people just didn't have energy at the end of the day, they just collapse in front of the television, eat some cheesies and go to sleep and do it all over again the next day, you know, so that existential angst. And, and I just thought that, you know, life shouldn't be like that. Um, I think that creativity is essential to our energy and our ability to get up and do things um, that we have to, but in a way that is filled with passion. So I decided that I was um, going to put together uh, this website, Own Your Creativity, and just help people with easy ways of getting back some of that creativity in their everyday life, you know. And 
people really need to take that seriously. And I think it's hard for a lot of people to take it seriously because we're just so driven, you know, in terms of the bottom line, you know, what's your return on investment? If I'm going to spend some time being creative, like what's it going to get me in terms of dollars? Well, I really think that, that, you know, pursuing your creativity in whatever form, whether it's through dance or music or, or writing that, that actually brings you dividends in terms of your health and your well-being. And if you don't have your health, you don't have anything, right? So, so I, you know, really just am trying to help people get back that, that spark and their creativity in their life so that they can have a bit of balance, you know, in their life. We should, we should talk about perhaps a creative return on investment, a CRI. That would be a good economic um, indicator. Oh, Yes. Definitely, I agree with you there. So, how how can we regain that creative spark? What what what's the secret? How I'm, I'm a big believer that um you know we all have inside us something that we're creatively good at. It can, it can be music, it can be writing. What's the best way to you know really spark that? What's the best yeah. thing they can do to just turbocharge that? Yeah, well, a lot of people will think that um, you know. Once they reach a certain certain age, that oh, it's too late for them to be a writer, or it's too late for them to explore that, um, or they maybe they feel like they don't have the time, or that they don't have the talent. So there, those kinds of um, objections come up and uh, prevent them from exploring. Uh, and so I think that the first thing that you have to do is just just have fun with it. You know, don't go into a writing class or, you know, take something online and with the expectation that, you know, just add water and you're an instant, you know, (laughs) success, right? Um, I think, you know, people need to approach it more with curiosity and and playfulness um, in the beginning and and just explore things and see what, what gets you excited. And I think that whenever you feel excited about something, that's a good barometer for, for your own, you know, creative, uh, ROI, as you're saying. And I think that, um, so that, that that's the first thing that you have to make the decision that you want to bring that creativity into your life and make room for it. Because a lot of times we are so busy day to day lives that we think, oh, we don't have any time. But if you really sit down and look at your schedule, and this is something that I recommend my students, um, you know, what you look at what you do every day for a week. Just really be honest and shadow yourself every single day. What is it that I'm doing with my time? And then analyze it and say, okay, do I really need to be doing this? Or can I, you know, cut down on this? Can I delegate some of this? Can I outsource some of these things that I'm doing in order to make room for my, my own creativity? So you have to make some decisions. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that we can do anything that we want, but we can't do everything at the same time. So we have to make some decisions in our schedule. And, um, and like, I know that you sail, right, Jeff? I do occasionally. I'm, I'm in a very fortunate position that I have a good friend that owns a boat. So, um, I can have the fun without the expense. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. That's perfect. You know, but even doing something that like that really recharges your bat- batteries, you know, and you can be creative in, in that way. But I think that, you know, whatever gets you out and sees the world, allows you to see the world in a different way, in a fresh way, that can actually help you with your creativity, you know, and, and see the world in a different way like that. And, um, 
you know, being a writer also, it, you know, it's important to have downtime. It's important to go for, you know, quiet walks so that you can recharge your batteries. You know, again, it's not this really frenetic rush for, you know, productivity. Okay, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to write the, you know, the best novel ever. It's like, there's a lot of fallow time. There's a lot of just, you know, walking around and thinking about, you know, things and, uh, and then coming fresh to the page. So, you know, there's that. And, um, and again, you know, just approaching it with an idea to, um, to play and, and explore. And, uh, you know, when you do that, the writing ideas come much more readily. And, um, yeah, so I think that's really important is to make time and also create a space for yourself. So for me, the, I guess the two pillars are time and space. So figure out what time you have. And, and if you don't have any time, then you doubly need to make some time for your creative self. And uh, space, it's really important to have a dedicated space. You know, like Virginia Woolf said that that we need to have um, a, a place of our own in order to write. And that doesn't mean that you have to have a special office. You could actually go to the cafe, um, you know, at the appointed time that you want to write. But it's important that you keep those appointments with yourself. And it's important that you don't go to a cafe where you know you're going to run into your friends because that's a really easy distraction. So, you know, go someplace where people don't know you and that you're going to have some time to yourself. Um, or even the library you could go to, you know. Um, that's, and, that's, and, quite, um, that's quite right on it. I mean, one of, one of the most uh, famous cafe writers would be J.K. Rowling, who uh, <laughs> wrote the yeah. entire first Harry Potter sitting in a cafe. I remember exactly, um, exactly. reading an interview with her and she said that was w the happiest time of her life when nobody knew her and um, she could yeah. just go there and work on this incredible story. So, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I agree with you 100%. And also, time management. Like, you, you hit the nail right on the head there. People say they don't have time and it... You're really quite correct. It's just auditing your time and what you do with the day. It's we all have 24 hours. Yeah, it's how you use them. Yeah. And um, I'm a big believer in people looking at their television usage, like time sinks. So if people are watching two hours a night, that's a couple hundred hours a year. <laughs> you imagine what you could write in a couple oh. hundred hours instead of watching doom and gloom on the television. I know, I know that that's such a good point. And, you know, I, I actually did this time management exercise myself a few years ago um, because I was actually teaching a course at the university, uh, Skills for University Success, and part of it was managing your time. So before I gave them this exercise in the classroom, I thought I should check this out and see, you know, what it's all about. And, um, and that's when I realized that we only have 168 hours in the week. One third of that is work. One third of that is sleeping. And then one third is everything else. You know, you have to jam everything else that's important in a, you know, in your life into the, those few hours. And, um, and what I realized when I did that exercise is that yes, I write, yes, I work, yes, I do all this stuff. I'm really productive, but I didn't have any downtime. And, uh, so I realized that was really important. So now I schedule it in. <laughs> No, the downtime is very important. And I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm a big believer that, you know, a, a, as you said before, you have to have fun. But yeah. I think to write, you've got to live. You've got to um, – and to have something to write about, you have, you have to live. You have to get out of your comfort zone. You have to do yes. unusual stuff. And it doesn't have to be expensive or death-defying. You don't have to go abseiling or swimming with sharks to, to you know, live life. But – 
you do have to get out of your routine and do something unique that will perhaps make you reflect a bit different and give you something mm. a bit unusual to write about. Now, um, yes, exactly. in terms of time management, what's your view on writer's block? Do you think that's a real thing or just a, a bit of a cop-out? Uh, writer's block, yeah. Well, you know what? I don't actually believe in writer's block per se. I think that there's things that can stop us uh, because we're not sure how to go on, you know, in terms of the things that, that we're writing. Uh, maybe we feel like we run out of uh, ideas, but, you know, a writer is a person who writes, even when they don't feel like writing. And that's why I think, you know, giving yourself, um, you know, a word count or a page count each time that you sit down to write is important. And, you know, and I think that there's always ways to get yourself unstuck. You know, something like, uh, you know, picking a random writing prompt, you know, flipping open a magazine and just, you know, go with a word there and just start writing. You know, how does that connect to the thing that you were, you were just working on last, you know, in terms of the character? Maybe, uh, maybe uh, you know, your character, imagine them going into a place that they wouldn't have ne- necessarily gone to um, naturally. So, you know, there's all these ways that you can get yourself unstuck. And, uh, and that's why I, I'm a big believer in writing prompts. And that's one of the things that, that, uh, I have on my, um, on my site and, and, um, and people can sign up to get, you know, writing prompts. And so, um, another thing is, is that, you know, you could actually write about why you're resisting the writing. And, um, and this is something that in my writing classes, I'll give, I'll give an idea for people to write and I'll give them five minutes in the class. And, uh, and then some people will just be, you know, staring at the white paper. And I say, no, don't stare at the white paper, write something on it, you know, and then, then you break that barrier, you know, that fear of like, what am I going to write about? And you can just write, I don't like this topic and write why you don't like that topic or write the opposite, you know? So there's all, you have to take control. Another thing that I suggest is, you know, talking to one of the characters that you have uh, in one of your stories and ask them for advice. You know, where do they think the story needs to go? So, you know, all these playful ways of of getting through, you know, so-called writer's block. I think um, a lot of new writers suffer from perfection paralysis as well. Like, Oh, yes. You know, they'll they'll get to the first sentence and then they'll go back and start grammatically perfecting it. And then even worse, if they're on a, writing on a computer, you know, maybe that looks better with a different font and <laughs> before you know it, you've oh, written yeah. nothing. I'm a big, be- I'm a big believer in free writing. My, yes. Everything, so am I. everything I write, I write longhand and I'll just, mm-hmm. I'll just get it out there and then I'll edit when I get it into the computer. But new writers need to understand you just got to get it out of your brain onto the page and that's the first step. Oh, yeah, I agree with you 100%. And that's the other thing I say when I give them timed writings in the classroom, you know, and I say that it's it doesn't, you know, don't stop and correct your grammar, spelling and put in extra punctuation, just keep the pen moving. And that, you know, and you'll be amazed at what comes up when you let it, you know, when you when you um, are prematurely editing, and that actually stems the flow of your creativity. Exactly. And, and like you, exactly. I definitely believe that, that you need to write the full story, even if it's, you know, completely imperfect. And, it, and it's not going to be perfect the first first time around. It's, it's not perfect for any writer. So you, you're talking about your writing prompts before, so people can um, sign up to your free prompt program on, just make sure yes. I got your address correctly, yes. ownyourcreativity.com. 
Yeah, it's ownyourcreativity.com forward slash free writing prompts. Fantastic. And another thing um, you do on ownyourcreativity.com is uh, life writing courses. Um, I'm just fascinated about this. Could you tell me a bit more about that? Yes, I um, I teach what I call life writing courses. Um, and I, I started doing this uh, about three or four years ago. Uh, I've been teaching writing for over 20 years, but a few years ago I decided that I really wanted to work with senior citizens. And um, I don't know why it just, you know, got this into my head <laughs> that I wanted to, to do that. And um, and so I went around to, you know, different um, uh, residences. And, and eventually, because I had, you know, told people that I was interested and, and um, friends, you know, were saying, oh, yeah, you know, check this out or check that out. And then eventually in my inbox, an invitation to teach at um, a senior's community center came. And, um, and I created this course called Life Writing uh, because some people don't necessarily want to write their memoirs. Um, uh, some people just want to write about their life, like nonfiction. So instead of just saying memoir writing or, and, you know, exclude people who maybe wanted to explore other aspects. So I just call it this general title, Life Writing. And, um, and and some people are actually writing memoirs. Other people just want to write little vignettes uh, or slices of life or whatnot. But I really love teaching that um, that class um, because most of the people are retired, and so they're exploring this um, for a number of reasons. Some take the class because they want to stave off dementia, and uh, they've heard that it's good to exercise the brain. So, you know, they come and share their stories. Others um, are actually wanting to write a legacy memoir, so they want to leave something behind for their, their kids and grandkids and future generations. Um, and, um, and other people are just looking to write nonfiction, as I said. Um, but they're so appreciative. Um, and it really validated for me, my expertise, you know, I've always enjoyed what I, what I do, but because, you know, they're, you get almost this immediate feedback and, um, they're not shy to say that worked really well. I really like that. Let's do more of this. And you get this wonderful back and forth energy, um, that you don't always get in, um, credit courses, you know, um, they're oftentimes they're worried about their grades and, and, uh, and it kind of in, interferes with them just enjoying, you know, what, what they're doing. And, uh, so I found that, you know, working with this age group is really quite rewarding and, and not to mention that the stories that they, that they tell and the courage and, you know, the adversity that they have overcome, it's so inspiring. And I, and I think, you know, well, if people can go through this and still be smiling and still see the good in, you know, sometimes really terrible events that they've gone through, well, it just, it just puts everything into perspective. And so I, I love teaching that class. It sounds wonderful. Have, have any of your students gone on to um, publish on Kindle or in hard copy? Not yet. But um, I do have several students who are um, working on their final draft of their of their book, and uh, I'm giving a series of workshops this summer in Montreal, and one of them is going to be about publishing. So I'm going to be talking about traditional and non-traditional um, uh, routes of, of uh, publishing. So it's going to be exciting to see uh, those ones uh, come to fruition. I, I had a uh, client um, last year. She's... A- 80, 80 year old 
woman from Queensland, and she wrote her first book, and we got that published on Kindle. And um, oh my goodness, it was just uh, a wonderful experience. She um, she wrote her life story, and her life story was growing up um, in nineteen forties and fifties rural Queensland, and for our listeners outside of Australia, um, Western Queensland's a bit like Texas. It's just it's Really? <laughs> Hot, arid, you know. <laughs> um, and it was just a life of poverty and moving from um, sheep station to sheep station. And it was just when I got the manuscript to first read it, I thought, oh, this will be boring. And I read the whole thing in <laughs> like two hours. It was wonderful. And to get through that whole process, her first book, her lifelong dream to write a book and get it published. And that's what we did. Wow. And it it's selling on Amazon with no no marketing or promotion. It's um qu- oh my goodness. quite astounding. Wow! So so yeah, definitely drive your students there, and students can teach us a lot. You're a teacher, but what have your students given you? What what's your take out from your life writing courses? Well, like as I was saying before, you know, I just I really feel that um, that the their feedback and their participation and their appreciation of what I do has allowed me to, I guess, reframe my own expertise, you know, and, and, um, oftentimes I think we're our own worst critic. I'm sure that you've heard that before. And, um, and, you know, teaching this class, I realized that, that, uh, I don't need to be so critical of, of like myself because I am doing a really good job, you know, and, uh, and just to take that confidence and, and move forward with, you know, developing my own philosophy because I do have a method and, you know, realizing that the things that I were, that I was doing with them really work and, and it allowed me to like, okay, so what is it that I'm doing that is working so well? So I'm, I'm working on a book now actually about, writing and um and i guess that it's afforded me that opportunity to step back and reassess um you know my expertise and and develop my own philosophy you've certainly um given a lot to people that want to take ownership of their creativity and and become writers anybody that follows my blog or podcast would know that's exactly close to my heart as well how can our listeners take their creativity to the next level well i think that once you figure out your time and place um that you know for writing that it's important to um keep track of your progress and to have to have you know small goals of what you'd like to achieve and 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 keep fueling your passion um and i suggest joining a community of some type because writing is a conversation even though it's a solitary act it is actually meant for people to read it and to get something out of it and think about things, you know, and then people sit around and say, Oh, did you read that book? And then, and it develops into a discussion with other people. And so I think that, um, it's important for, for, you know, new writers to, um, to be part of a, a community or they can, um, organize a little writers group. Um, but you know, as a young writer, um, you know, or a new writer, um, I should say, I think it's important that that um, you recognize that feedback is good, but that you need different kinds of feedback at different stages of your writing. So if you have something that's just 
you know, hot off the press and you haven't really edited it or, you know, haven't really worked with it a lot. Really what you need then is, is people to give you supportive feedback, you know, say, oh yes, that's an interesting idea. Definitely go forward with it. You know, you don't want people to, you know, think that um, it's ready for publication and then just slash, you know, everything and, you know, marks everywhere because then that can really discourage you. So I think it's important that, that you, you know, when you have a community of writers that, that um, you, you really ask for what you need at the moment, you know? And so if it's just a write, um, a story in progress and it's not even finished, you don't want to have kind of final edit comments on it. Right. So you have to be aware of what stage you are at and, you know, and ask the, the types of comments that are going to help you grow and move on and continue to fuel your passion. So I think that's really important. And, uh, you know, you could volunteer at a writing festival. You could meet other people who have your same passion as well. So I think that's, you know, one thing is that once you've decided that you're going to write, you have your time and your space, and then you start gathering around you, your community, your tribe that are going to help you move forward. You've got some great, great programs coming up on ownyourcreativity.com. Would you like to talk a bit about them? Yeah, thanks. Um, so... I, I'm having, um, I'm doing three different workshops this summer. One of them is uh, just for writing. So writing your book, how to put your book together, um, what's the structure, how to get the outline uh, together, um, how to figure out your, your schedule, you know, based on your unique um, uh, priorities. And uh, so we go through um, the whole day um, for, uh, to help you write your book. And um, then the second one is about editing. So once you've completed the work, um, what are the different levels of writing that you need to know about, um, different levels of editing, and uh, and how to uh, employ them. And then uh, the last one is, as I said, about publishing. And so uh, we're going to be looking at traditional and non-traditional types of publishing as well as, um, you know, agents and whether we need one or how to find them and that sort of thing. So people can just uh, have, have a look on www.earnyourcreativity.com and get straight to those yeah. programs. Exactly. Well, Elizabeth, thank you for your time this morning on the podcast. It's been a thrill talking to you and um, it's given my creativity a bit of a spark as well. It's great. Thank you. It's been a pleasure talking to you, Jeff. Pleasure talking to you. Again, that's, um, we'll get the URL right, www.earnyourcreativity.com. Com. And we've been talking to Elizabeth Johnson. You've been listening to The Ebook Revolution, Episode 4. And we've been speaking to Elizabeth Johnson from Own Your Creativity. I hope you've got a lot out of that and it will help launch your creativity as well. Remember, you can find out more about Elizabeth's programs from www.ownyourcreativity.com. Now, if you'd like to get the podcast notes for this show... Just go to our website, www.madhousemedia.com.au slash podcast. Have a look for episode four. That's it for this show. I'm Jeff Hughes, and you've been listening to The Ebook Revolution. Revolution.